From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey guys, welcome back to the car debate. We're really pleased to have you with us and uh, actually really stoked yeah. to be back doing the car debate thing. We started back into it uh, yeah, got a lot of them. last, uh, what was it, last week. And last uh, week, yeah. really finding yeah, I'm enjoying yeah. this. It's it's fun to dig up, you know, old cars out of our memories and, and uh, mm-hmm. dig up stuff that we've driven out of our minds and, and uh, well, <laughs> driven. And <laughs> well, and now, that we've, and now that we've done all those enthusiast cars, every, every uh, brand, too, we're yeah. able to talk about a lot more things, too, which is fun. But keep going. Yeah, um, we've got um, three car debates for today's podcast. We've got Trevor in Los Angeles. Uh, Trevor's 23. He's a full-time college student at Loyola Marymount, and he's in the market for something. He's a hot hatch guy, so we've got a bunch of suggestions mm-hmm. for him. We've also got Rob, yep. and he is way up in Boston. Rob, I hope you are not buried under all that um, snow that you've been getting up there, but uh, Rob's <laughs> recently had a baby and uh, needing really something that is kind of the, the four-door fun car. And, the hot uh, family man sedan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we finally got Bill. I'm not sure where Bill is from, but he wrote in yeah, he this say. giant list of cars he's had his whole life. I mean, it goes back to a 79 Cutlass Supreme with three speed on the floor. <laughs> it's like, wow, it exists. Yep. All right. Yep, yep. So way back for that. And he's looking for a family track car because the whole family wants to fantastic. get into this. So that's yeah, I love rare, it. I, love it. I feel like. I think that's I'm excited about that one. Yeah. I'm really excited about that one. But first, we're going to talk about something that you guys have brought up. Various of you have written in specifically asking kind of the same question, and that is, so what about tuning? Mm. And we should acknowledge acknowledge right up front, you probably know this, but we seek out completely stock vehicles. Occasionally, we'll get something that isn't 100% stock. We still talk about it as if it is stock because we've generally driven the stock version, but sometimes scheduling doesn't work out. We are seeking out and comparing stock vehicles mainly because that's the way the manufacturer said, okay, you know what? Done. We're going to warranty that. That's our version. Invariably, when any car, and you know this, Paul, when any car wins a comparison test, there is a litany of response in the YouTube comments. Well, if you just <laughs> yeah. did, and here's the list of things if you, you should do. If you only bolted on blank then it, part, then it would win. Exactly. Then it would have won. Well, yeah, but you could do that to the other cars, too. The only baseline that exists in the industry is this is the way it's sold from the manufacturer. Yeah. And after that, it's the Wild West. And you guys have said, okay, so what about tuning? How do we feel about it? What should you do about it? We had one guy write in and go, I'm a total newbie. How do I tune my car? We are not mechanics. I'm not going to pretend that we are, but I do want to touch on tuning and uh, some of our experience with it for a few minutes. Well, something you even said is as soon as we start to introduce tuned cars, it's a slippery slope of discussion because suddenly some car that's tuned, well, if you only did the Mm -hmm, same things, mm -hmm. and then it it blows the price point for what we're we're going for because a lot of times – you might think our matchups are strange, but then if you think about price point and the way you shop, the way people shop, yeah. then it starts yeah. to make sense. And there have been a few times when we've been called out for having tuned or cars that look tuned on the show. Sometimes for privately owned cars, we will decline a car if it's got stuff that's too much. You know, if it's wheels and maybe oh, it's gosh, lowered. Yes. Okay, maybe, but if it affects the handling too much, then yeah, we can't yeah. have it up against another car. 
And so mm -hmm. some cars have been tuned, others look like they've been tuned, and so we'll accept those cars. If we're in a pinch, we need a car just for the reference, the seat reference time. But generally speaking, well, it's almost we like can't if we need a car it. on camera. But but if it's yeah, we we can't, we can't. I mean, if you watch our stuff, what you're seeing is stock versions. That if it's not a stock version, it's so close to stock, it's negligible. Right. But the thing is, the thing is, and, that, and you're and you're talking about it right right away. The thing is, the minute you start talk about a tuned car, all bets are off as yep. far as comparison is concerned, yep. because you could throw that same money at the other car, and I mean, where does it end? <laughs> Having said, well, I've got that, an eight thousand horsepower. Nissan GTR. Well, okay. Congratulations. Drive to the moon. Good luck. Good luck buying tires, <laughs> exactly. and we hope you get down the block after your first <laughs> exactly. launch control. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes, both of us would say tune your car, but I think probably more specifically, we would say make your car your car. Make it yours. Oh, Turn it into the thing that you like the most. But the thing about tuning, though, and this is the th part that nobody talks about, We've driven a lot of cars that are tuned that we haven't reviewed for the show. We've driven a lot of cars that are tuned over the years. And we're talking things that are still everyday driver cars that have been tweaked one way or sure. another. You'd be amazed how often those cars are worse than stock. <laughs> yeah, that's I a mean, great that's point. the thing nobody talks about. Throw, throw your money at this car. It'll be awesome. And, and I think there's a, there's a little bit of a placebo effect that is, well, I put all this money into it. These parts must have made it better. And you forget that it is actually worse than it was. That's a great point. I mean, point. It, seriously. You don't need a race clutch. I'm just putting that out there right now. You don't need a race clutch. If, you're, if your clutch feels like you were trying to engage a steam locomotive, that's not necessary. It's oh just gosh. not. It, you know, and we've had those. We've had those. People have been like, hey, drive my car. It's like, really? This is your everyday car? But, but having said that, the, the biggest thing I would say jumping off of that is this. I am all for tuning. I'm all for you tuning your car and making it yours. But if you get a car that is stock and is not already tuned – Drive it for a while before you do anything. Oh, yeah. Great really suggestion. get to know it. Yeah. There are multiple people that will buy a car and instantly put a bunch of stuff on it. You now have no frame of reference. You should be driving your car enough until it becomes that kind of subconscious thing where you just know how it feels. So when you change anything, and then you got to change slowly. And you could have made it worse, anything, but you didn't know that you made it absolutely, worse. Absolutely. You know what I mean? true. Very true. Wow. Yeah. I think the biggest question, I, I love your suggestions. They're excellent. And yeah, drive it first, get to know it, because then when you make an improvement, it should improve mm -hmm. the car, not be. And you'll know if it didn't. You'll know, you'll know either way. Didn't. The biggest yeah. question is yeah, yeah. where to start. How do you start tuning? Where mm -hmm. do you begin? And I think people always run to power very first. And I'm going to say mm -hmm. personally, avoid that like crazy. I, I do have a side comment, and that's about SUVs that go with the huge wheels and advertise them, 22s, 24s, yeah, 26s, yeah, yeah. whatever. The, the, ri I, the Rimblums, man. The rimblums. When you remember the Rimblums where you had, oh the, where you had the number right behind your rim with the number of inches <laughs> of your rim? Oh, stop. Anyway. So I see, you know, when I was living in L.A., I'd drive around and see these SUVs with mm -hmm, giant mm -hmm. wheels and these little tiny disc brakes. And I think, the congratulations, brakes, moron, yeah. you've increased the unsprung weight of that huge 6,000-pound SUV by a huge degree, and now your stopping distances have increased and yes. therefore making yeah. your car unsafer. You look cool that, when you're plowing through a that's crowd a of children. Good job. Exactly. <laughs> Good job. 
Oh, that is so awful, but I like it so much. Yeah, whatever those guys would be behind me in traffic, it'd be like, I'm going to put you in front of me. Because if we have to stop suddenly, I'll get stopped, and you're going to take, we're not even sure how long. Right. Yeah, I hear you on that. I hear you. All right, so the question is where to start. But I'll speak speak to that. You've hit on it already. (laughs) That's the thing. I think think the the two key things that people should change, because I agree, the first thing everybody goes is, how do I get more power? And we've debated this before. Do you need more power? But I would say the first two things to do that you will probably notice a difference are would be tires 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 i know you're shocked i'm bringing up (laughs) tires but but upgrade your tires that will change the feel of the car it'll change everything about the dynamics you will notice a difference in tires the second thing is improved brake pads and better brake start with benchmark things and especially brakes because as soon as you add power to a car well now you're overwhelming what the original designers the manufacturer intended with the suspension the chassis the handling and the brakes. And so suddenly you've mm. added far more power than the rest of the car is able to withstand. Now, it depends on a lot of cars. Porsche brakes and BMW brakes, they're among the finest in the industry. They can definitely take an yeah. upgrade in power without too much, uh, too much worry. But I would say upgrade your handling. Let's start with sway bars. Let's start with drop links or sway bars or just a light handling or just suspension. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not lowered, but just a firmer suspension along with tires and then go for brakes. And then you discover, aha, all these things that I've done, now I can add more power because the rest of the car can now handle it. So at that point, it's, fair, it's fair. you know, maybe forced induction. Maybe it's a chip change, something like that. But I would, I would avoid going for power or just a chip tuning unless you've got a Porsche or a BMW, something like that, that can handle the rest of the car, can handle that power to begin with. I mean, I think it also brings up how much power are we adding? I mean, there are within reason if you're adding, you know, okay, hey, I got 20 more horsepower and 10 more pound-feet of torque, everything's going to be fine. But at the same time, I still would say you should have still done tires and brake upgrades first. And I'm talking the simple stuff. I'm not even talking brake kit. I'm not even talking suspension. I'm literally talking tires, fluid, and brake pads. And just pads alone. Just that. Yeah, that can make a huge difference. Just that on the stock setup. If you've got, again, if you've gotten to know your car first and you do that, you will notice a difference right there. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is, especially in the, the forced induction world that we're now in so much, you just look it up. It's like, oh, I'll th- throw 300 bucks or 500 bucks or 600 bucks at my car and look how much extra power I've got. Yeah. Yes, yes, but get to know your car first and figure out how – that's the other thing I want to say. How are you using this car? I feel like – Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of people tune – I feel like a lot of people are tuning for something they're never doing. I mean we've driven cars where it was like this is track prepped. And the guy only commutes in it. And it's like, what is going on here? So I think you have to also assess that reality. If you're never going to take your car to the track, don't set it up like you're going to the track. Yeah. Uh, there, there's just, there's no point. I have a visual so analogy there, for you. Okay. All right. It's the guys in the weight room who all they do is lift weights for their biceps. They just do dumbbells or bench press and they just work on their just arms upper body. and just their upper body. And yeah. they've got these little stick spindly yeah, yeah. legs. We've all seen them at the gym and you think... Yeah. Man, you don't even have a lot of core strength. You're not explosive power as, you know, an athlete might or, you know, yeah. something like that. You're just for show. It's just one thing. And so well, that's, skiing that's or running or that whatever because that is, you're just this. If your v, biceps, <laughs> you know, if your okay. biceps are bigger than your calves, you are doing it wrong. <laughs> you're I'm just putting that doing out there. it wrong. <laughs> that's, that's Same thing applies to cars. Intended. If you just go for power. Well, the rest of the car can't keep up. It's like having little spindly stick legs that the rest of the car is standing on. 
you you've not now done I, yourself any favors. Yeah. Now I want to I want to jump to a more specific car by car standpoint because of course we are not going to try to or claim to have the knowledge to go well for your car you should do I don't know the tuning lineup the the the, the pathway you should sure. take. Sure. So it's different what, for each car. Whatever car you have, join the local forum. Okay, and then figure out with your car what do you want it to do better. Right. Do you want it to handle better? Do you want it right. to stop better? Do you want it to have a little more power? And then dig into the forum chasing that reality specifically. You got to figure out what you're doing what your with budget that car. Is. You know, what's your intent? Yeah. Am I going to go drag racing? Am I yeah, going to yeah. go handling, track, autocross? What is it going to be for the purpose that I, that I want to upgrade it with? Because tuning for tuning's sake, yeah. you've just got big biceps. Congratulations. You look like an idiot. <laughs> And, and again, I want to come back to we're all for tuning. I am in no way going to suggest we know how you should tune your car. The forum and the other owners will absolutely guide you. And most forums that I've ever been involved in, once you acknowledge, look, I'm a newbie and I'm asking questions. Oh, I will say this. If you want to avoid getting flamed on a forum, search, people. Generally, if <laughs> yeah. you use lots of search terms, go back to the days of, yeah. of, of early Google, figure out some search terms, dig around a little bit. And if you've dug and have not found anything, then you can ask a newbie question. But generally, most forums have got pages and pages of stuff for the newbie. You want to look up, how do I do this? There's three uh, threads on it already. You're right. So join yeah. your local forum for your car. Really, really search, but search for what you're wanting to do. Hey, I want a brake upgrade. Okay. What has everybody else done? Search for the brake upgrade. Hey, I want to get a tune. I want to get a, a chip. I mean, like the the VW guys. You don't. You can breathe near the VW GTI community and hear about the APR chip for six hundred <laughs> bucks that transformed. I mean, that's not exactly. even hard. I've never even owned a GTI, and I know about this. <laughs> so Funny. it's not hard to find the info. But dig into the form of your car and dig in chasing. Get to know your car first. Now, what would you like it to do? better. I think we've beat that to death. Yeah, I think we have. There's experts on the forum. So let's keep rocking towards the car debates. Starting out okay. with Trevor, he wrote in from Los mm -hmm. Angeles. And really what he's asking for is our wild cards. Did you notice this? He is 23, mm -hmm. full-time college student at Loyola yeah. Marymount. And he's currently got an O2 SVT Focus with a custom tune, speaking of tuning. Yep. He's a total Ford yep. guy and he loves the car. And this is the car that he's had since he was 16. He's babied it, he's cared for it. Mm -hmm. he, mm -hmm. This is the car that has really kind of got him into the fun of driving and really helped yeah, him yeah. discover. He's in the commute, he's you know using it for everything, but this is the car that has really kind of opened his eyes and, and gotten him into this. So it's he, he's really in the hot hatch Arena is what I hear him saying in his. He's, uh, he's kind budget. of obsessed with Ford, with Ford, yeah. but he's obsessed with hot hatches. And the thing I like the best about Trevor's request, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's the wild card request because he acknowledges I want a hatch and I love Fords. And then he goes ahead and says it. That means, of course, he could shop for the Focus ST, the new one. He could shop for the new Fiesta ST. Right. He's gone ahead and called him out and gone, I know I could do that. And then he said, if I wanted to do something weird, I could go with the twins. But he went ahead and said, you guys have talked about that ad nauseum. So tell me stuff. Other than that. So mm. thank you, Trevor. I love that you're asking for the wild cards because you know Ford is killing it right now on the hatches. Oh, yeah. So let's talk other hatch options for, for Trevor. What have you got? Well, I've got a few ideas here, and I'm going to save my very special wild card for the last. But I've said it twice before okay. in this podcast, so I'm going to leave you guessing for that. But I'll, okay. I'll start out with the Mazda Speed 3. Any generation, either the Absolutely. very first generation yep. or yep. the one that you and I drove, we had a ball driving that mm -hmm. car. Those are definitely yep. in Trevor's range of uh, 15 to 20 grand. Those would easily mm -hmm. fall in there. You shop smart, get yourself no a no really question. fun car, 
bulletproof. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the next logical step for you after the Ford SVT, Trevor. I put the Volvo C30 on there too, thinking same Hmm. chassis. That's a... That's a matter of personal taste. It's not hot enough. It's not hot enough, and it's not my personal taste, but it is a hatch. It is a good-looking hatch. It's it's the same chassis. That's why I put it on there because I thought, all right, same chassis. They were built on the same assembly line. To Trevor's... Maybe. To Trevor's real credit, thank you for saying this, Trevor. To your real credit, you said, in spite of doing a lot of commuting, uh, and you do canyon runs and stuff too, but aside of doing a lot of commuting, you absolutely want a stick shift. So I applaud you there. So that, you know, it's interesting you bring up Mazda Speed 3. That was my number one choice for Trevor because really? it is just out, just barely out of the Ford family. <laughs> yeah. You get either generation. It's it's just, that that's one of those cars that just makes me laugh. Every time I've driven a Mazda Speed 3, it makes me laugh. Watch our reviews of it. Watch our, for that matter, Focus ST versus Mazda Speed 3 piece, and you'll see that discussion directly, Trevor. So uh, I, that was my absolute recommendation for him, but keep going. All right, I've got the Fiat 500 Abarth on my list. It's like driving a miniature UPS truck with a giant turbocharger on it. It's a boatload. <laughs> Don't ride it off, Trevor, until you drive this car. We and, and laughed. Yet- driving this thing. And yet you mean that as a compliment. Yes, I do. That sounds like a put down and you mean it as a compliment. you're right. That's what's great about it. I mean that as a compliment because the upright driving position, you think, wow, this feels strange. And then you're chucking into a corner and it's a ball. It's so much fun. So- that car is is a laugh riot. It Here's is. the thing: the Fiesta ST walks away from that car from a performance standpoint. It sure, walks away, sure. But the laugh factor on the Abarth <laughs> is so high, yeah. That that yeah, and and you can get them cheap too. People are finding those things for seventeen grand new. Oh man! So you know what? I mean, there that's an interesting thought. Just because it is an interesting wild card. Keep going. All right. Uh, we drove the Hyundai Veloster. We did not drive the Turbo. But I'm thinking mm-hmm. the turbo for you because used, those will definitely fall in your price range. Shoot, maybe even new if you shop smart, that you might be able to find uh, well, 2014 maybe, maybe, still on a lot somewhere. But uh, the the Veloster Turbo, that's a unique car. We liked the car non-turbocharged mm-hmm. and looked at each other thinking, man, the turbo probably be a lot of fun. A little bit more kick to it. Yeah, we to need it. to get that on camera this year. We really need to yeah, get that Yeah, that's interesting. Keep going. All right, uh, Mini Cooper in just about any year or form. Uh, I would lean Mini's towards the good, good JCW personally, but if that's too much money, certainly the Cooper S. Even the base Cooper that we drove was still fun, even with high they're, mileage. They're fun. Here's the thing. I, I think I think you've got to go. You got to go the the faster the better on that regard. Try to get the, the, through the JCW. You could maybe do an S, but the JCW is really where you want to be. Yeah, John sure, Cooper sure. But acknowledge right away that that car is going to cost more to maintain. It just is. It is. So it's, be aware of the fact that you're I buying agree. a mini BMW and just just accept that <laughs> out, of, out of the box in that regard. But you know what? Now that we're talking hatches, I just thought of a really weird wild card. Which? What about a first-gen Z3 BMW, the, the, the clown shoe one with the hatchback? Oh, good one. It's, technic- it's technically a hatch. Now, here's the thing. It uh. is a small hatch. But that original Z3, you could get a great engine in that, good six-speed. That is a fun chuckable. Now we're rear-wheel drive. That is I don't is know that that's going to have a, enough hatch room because it is actually a two-door hatch now. But that you could no question find for this kind of money, and that would be, without question, a very fun car to drive. That's actually with that weird shoe-shaped shooting brake thing on the back of the, it. The, it's, the very it's first gen. It's kind of the usable. One that, yeah. you know? It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Somewhat. Somewhat, yeah. Uh, yeah good know, it's one. Not, I mean, it's not going to have the hatch. It's not going to have the hatch room you're used to because it's not a four door hatch. It does have a small hatch on it, but that is a really fun chuckable car. Huh. I like that. 
All right, well, if you're listening and you're a Volkswagen GTI enthusiast and we've been killing you up to this point, we'll just say it, Volkswagen GTI <laughs> or possibly yeah, R32. Yeah, yeah. I thought of the R32 like the 03, 04s. I just saw one the other day and I thought, it's still a cool car, you know, VR6. It is a cool okay. car. I'm worried about the fact that that's now getting older. So I'm it worried is. about that for Trevor. I mean, yeah. you know, he's had Fords, so they've been cheap to, to have, cheap to run. True. That's the problem with the older GTI. So buy a BMW a instead. Roll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, look, I acknowledge that that one's out there. I fully acknowledge that's I'm out there. I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, of course, you have to talk GTI. There's no question there. Uh, we should probably move on to Robert. In, All right, well, I've got Boston. that wild card for Trevor. I, I've been keeping oh, that in my oh, hip so, pocket. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It, oh, I'm sorry. No, I no worries. Holding on to one. No worries. We'll move on to Robin two seconds, but Trevor, my wild card is the car that I have suggested that I did laps and laps and laps of Little Willow. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the CRZ with the HPD supercharger. Those things are. uh, I was on the website just earlier here. what is well, the, the CRZ? Price? What is the price? The CRZ he could get, but the HPD is going to be forty grand. I mean, that's the problem with oh, that car. So? It, it, that that I, I'm the supercharged one's expensive. It's more expensive than it should be. That's the problem with it. Uh, now you could get a CRZ. You get a mm. CRZ and enjoy the hybrid benefits of that. Plus, it is surprisingly fun to drive. Don't discount it. In Why that don't regard. they just tell you the price? But of it the is website. not as. I have to dig for it. You it's not as agile. It's not as agile as the as some of the other hatches we've mentioned, but no. I do like the the wild card reality of that. And you're right, which the with the HPD thing, I I still can't believe how much you like I that just, car. I, I was like, we I had can't to peel either. Out of it, I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed, and then I did throttle steer, throttle on, throttle off, just <laughs> hold the steering wheel with your knees and like you know raise your arms like you're on a roller coaster and like go through the corner. <laughs> throttle steer, throttle steer, yeah, awesome. Great. All right. We should move on right, to uh, to Rob in Boston. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you're digging out of your latest snowstorm. Uh, yeah, seriously. Rob was the one that said, "Hey, I've I've got I've got a I've become a father now, so my wife and I need four doors, and I need to have a rear facing child seat, which of course is kind of like trying to put a trash can sized thing in the back of your car. <laughs> it just it's difficult, no matter what you're doing. He needs a good sized trunk. Oh, I know. I, I've been I've been here, Rob. I hear you, man." You need you need stroller room. You need why is this diaper bag four times larger than it needs to be? You need uh, why why do I have something the size of a a, a lawn trash a trash can in my back seat to hold you this said? child? When you, I when get you it. When you have a kid, I get your it. life fills with plastic or something like that. It is. It fills with plastic. It for for the first two or three years, everything you own is now plastic, and it's some so pastel or or super bright color. And it's that army man plastic. You're besieged by it. So this is the oh world you're gosh. in, for better and for worse, Rob. So uh, so congratulations. But you're looking for, as a result, you want a full-size sedan, but you have one caveat. Here you are, a, an enthusiast guy. You used to have an E46 M3. Okay, all right, okay, this there's is, a good this car. This is a good start. Here's, like that. But, but here's the thing. Your wife has said, has to be an automatic. Okay, we don't love that. You don't love that, but that's reality. I get it. So you're going, okay, I want a big sedan. And what's interesting about your email, which is great, by the way, very detailed. Hugely detailed. You list everything. You list everything you've driven, and you've gone, here's why I like and dislike. And you've taken out hot hatches. You've said hot hatches don't work. Mm. You've said mid-sized sedans like the uh, the 3 Series may not even be big enough. You've thrown out the Accord. You've, you've done a really good job of weeding out your own list. What I want to talk to you about, Rob, and I don't know if you saw this, Paul. What I want to talk to you about, Rob, is I think you've answered your own question. Hmm. Two of your recommendations on here I think are exactly the right things to look at. But for whatever reason, you haven't found the magic bullet version, which is you have sixty grand to spend at the top and you can't find them for this or you don't think they're, they're worth the money. 
I have two off of your own list, Rob, that I think are your answer. But where are you on this, Paul? Mm, yeah, 60 grand. That's a good chunk, and you can get something pretty nice. Rob, you've shotgunned a lot of my ideas in here. I like some of the. <laughs> he did. I like He some did of kill these. a lot of stuff. The Dodge Charger there, blacktop but, but, uh, we liked. It was, yeah, it's a big car. But there's, but there's, there's, two, there's two on here. There's two on here that he's listed that I think. I'm just going to dive in. I'm going to dive Go in. Go for it. I think, I've, I think I've you got a few your here. own question. Accidentally, Rob. Here's the thing. You you threw out the Chevy SS because the lease deal is too high. Mm. Well, I'm going to stop you for a second. Why lease that car? They are desperate to sell those cars. They have plummeted the actual off-the-lot price. You could go online right now. I'm not kidding when I say this, Paul. You could go online right now and buy a Chevy SS for STI money. High 30s. Brand new, off the lot. Please come get it. I am not kidding you. They are discounting those things below forty grand. Here's the thing: because nobody's buying them. Does it come? Does it come with the Magna Ride, the magnetic ride control at that price? Because they put it on for 2015, and you and I both acknowledged that we would own that car only with the magnetic ride. It would it would come alive. Well, but I think it would be better with the magnetic ride. But I acknowledge, even in our review, it's spectacular even without it. It should have had it from the beginning. It should have. Honestly, Rob, you could get a killer deal on that car. I mean, I, I can't believe how cheap they're selling them. No one's buying them. You could walk in very serious to buy one and buy one of those and talk them to the floor because they want to get rid of them. Hmm. Yes, they should look better. It is it is too bad how that car looks, and the interior should probably be a little better too. But I'm talking high 30s, man? That's an unbelievable performance sedan wow. for high 30s new. Wow. It's shocking for that well, kind of Well, there you money. go, Rob. So get a Chevy SS uh, with your $60,000 budget and a nice European vacation. And um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, that's that's one thought. And then I, I want you to jump in here, but I have, I have one more, too, that is also off his list, but I want to talk about it from a different angle than he's looked at it. But what's your other thought? Uh, well, he talked about two that are really, I can see based on this list, that he's really interested in, and that is the current Mm -hmm. Gen M5. You could go, Mm -hmm. well, Mm -hmm. I suppose you could go backwards a generation, but then you're into that really complicated V10, and that just seems like a money pit to me. Uh, The other suggestion is uh, Porsche Panamera S, and any Panamera, really. I mean, even with the... um, the six-cylinder, there's still 300 horsepower, and what that means is it's going to have a lighter front oh, yeah. end and probably be yeah, a yeah. little bit sharper in the handling department. Now, mm-hmm, he doesn't mm-hmm. like the Panamera, you know, as far as the appearance, the look, but you you cannot beat it in terms of how well that car is going to hold up. It's going to last a long time. Oh, yeah. It's going to have plenty of room for your stuff, for your life filled with plastic, the baby seat, wife. It's an automatic. It's got the paddle shift transmission. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Rob, that car gets smaller the faster you drive it. That turns into yeah. a 911. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like a Porsche. It is a Porsche. It doesn't just drive oh, yeah. like one. It is. And I'm a huge re- fan of that car. Did I ever tell you this? I know I a guy in Dallas, very, very wealthy, successful man in Dallas, that's a friend of the family. Okay. And he, his, wife, his, his daughter finally went off to college, and he went, all right, I'm going to go buy a fun car. I don't think I told you this story. I'm going to mm. go buy a fun car. All right. And he went to the Porsche dealer, never had had a Porsche in his life, went to the Porsche dealer, drove the 911, and fell in love with it, but then was looking at his life and was like, I'm never going to drive. I, 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 I can't do two seats. I, I mean, I know it's kind of got back seats, but it seems too small to me, and I, I don't know that I can do this car. And the salesman looked at him deadpan and said, well, sir, we do have that 911 in four-door, and walked him out to a Panamera. And he drove the Panamera, and he bought it, and he loves it. 
But anyway, brilliant sales guy actually. Way to earn that commission. Yeah, it, exactly. We do have that in a four door. I love that. But here's the thing about the Panamera. I'm glad you you touched on that. This is the other one on my list that Rob brought up that I don't understand why he's kind of discounted. Because here's the thing: at 60k, Rob shop nationwide. Oh yeah. You can find oh, yeah. yourself a Panamera right now for 60k. I guarantee you. Now maybe not within 100 miles of where you live, but spend an extra grand either shipping it to you or you flying to it and driving it back. The Panamera is, now I love the SS. The SS you can get a deal on and have money left over. That's the thing I like about that car because you get a great performance car with a lot of space that's going to be cheap to maintain and you can get it with money left over. That's the great thing Absolutely. about the SS. The Panamera Absolutely. with 60 grand, you're going to get we're, in fact, we're about to do a shoot that relates to this. But anyway, yep. you're going to get a, a Panamera, a good one, with a probably a 2011, maybe a 2012. It's going to have a, some miles, but not bad. And that car is going to kill the SS and most anything else you would consider oh, yeah. in transmission quality and agility. It is not attractive. I will get on board with you on that. However, eh, interior-wise, and you even acknowledged it, interior-wise, it's great. And that is an amazing family sedan. So mm. with sixty grand, man, you've said I can't find one for sixty grand. My suggestion to you is look nationwide. I know it may sound insane, but I guarantee you if you look nationwide with sixty grand, you absolutely could have a Panamera. Rob, a few more suggestions for you here. You mentioned you don't want an SUV, but have you considered a Cayenne? Of all the SUVs, it is probably the best handling SUV out there. It, oh, yeah. You can still get the range of engine options that you can in the Panamera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's an SUV. Yes, you sit higher, but it's still a Porsche. And I come back to the handling department. They really have yeah. worked hard on that Cayenne to strike the right balance true, between true. the usability of an SUV and still the fun of you know handling. I mean, you can take that on the Autobahn. You, it actually does drive pretty well. They're they're not bad. Yes, it's an SUV. It's bigger and bulkier. I get that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just a thought for you. A uh, few more here is a Mercedes CLS 550, sort of an engine wearing a four-door car with the gigantic yeah, yeah, V8. Yeah. We've talked about that car before. That's a good one. 2011s are 40 grand. They're great yeah, they're looking. They've, they've dropped off a cliff. I mean, yeah. I think those could be really neat. This is a bit of a wild card out there. It's a Volkswagen CC. The CC Sport has that nice uh, VW DSG transmission, and it's German. It kind of fulfills that need for... You know, yeah, something German. I don't think it's a great he's, looking car. He's saying it is. He's saying the three series is a bit on the small side for what he wants. I think the CC fails, but you know what you reminded maybe, me of? Maybe. 60 grand? 60 grand? Yeah. What about an S8? What about an Audi S8? I like that even better. I like that. That's oh, not, you it's not going to be it. agile like the Panamera. It's not going to be agile like the Panamera well, or the SS. It probably wouldn't be bad, that is, to be honest. An it's S8? not going to be bad. It absolutely won't be bad, and that S8 will move and will astound you. Great interior. You want to talk about interior space and trunk space. How many bodies do you need to carry? I'm serious. That S8 is, is astounding. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, I hadn't thought of that till right now. That's another one in there. My final suggestion is a Dodge Viper. Wait, no, wrong list. Never mind. That's not for <laughs> no, you. <laughs> yeah. Your, your rear-facing child seat will not fit, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, anyway, we should probably move on to uh, Bill. And Bill has a great, great problem here. And that is, uh, you read down his email, and, and the conclusion I came to is, Bill's looking for a family track car. The whole family. He and family his wife. Fun. Yeah. He, exactly. This is what they're going to do. He and his wife are, are both getting into autocross. His son is 14 and interested in both learning how to wrench and learning how to drive. And he goes, guys, we need a family track car. I love this, this recommendation. I want to be adopted by this family. This is awesome. <laughs> no kidding. Well, he wants his wife to get into it to understand better, 
car control. He's got a 14-year-old son that is looking into autocross racing. He wants to start learning mm-hmm. about how to wrench on it to maybe tune and upgrade yeah. some things. Yeah, yeah. So the possibility of if something fails, that might not be a big deal. If it's not super reliable, Agreed. that that's, might be a teachable that's moment. Not, that's a learning lesson. That's not a necessarily a strike against, right. which is what also makes this really cool. Right. His budget is, ideal budget is about ten grand. He said he could stretch to twenty for the right car. So I, I love that flexibility. My feeling on this, I don't know what your approach was, but my feeling was, all right, let me stay cheap. Let me stay with a cheap variation. And if it breaks, then you spend money to fix it. Either you guys work on it or you buy a part and it yeah. becomes too, too involved for you. But that's where that extra that extra ten grand in your, your flexibility goes. Don't spend all that on the car. Buy the ten grand car. And, yeah, when it breaks and you can't autocross this weekend, you and your son are fixing it. Now, that, I will acknowledge, that might actually get you worn out on the idea quickly. But in the short term, it's exactly, I feel like, what you need. Hmm. This is, I've got a long list here. By the way, Bill's, Bill and his wife are both members of the BMW Car Club of America. So that kind of got me thinking towards, you know, the mm. E36. Not an M3, but just a regular, that 1991 to 99. Oh, the 36. The, the, the 36, series, interesting. Somewhere okay. in there. I mean, yeah, people yeah. autocross those things, four-door or two-door, doesn't oh, matter. Of course. Yeah, yeah. That's out there. Well, so I— Well, you could pop, probably— you could probably dig up one of those old M3s for this kind of you money. Probably I mean, the could, M3s actually. The E36. I mean, I was going to say while you're there, I was going to say E30 is an obvious chassis here. The problem with the E30, and I'm, I'm off into my own list briefly, but the problem with the E30 is the same problem I have with another thought, which is the Datsun 240. The problem with both of those is they've been discovered. People understand, right. buy them cheap, right. good balance, rear-wheel drive, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to turn it into, you name it. My autocross car, my track car, my rally car, my fun car, whatever. So, the, Well, your, your lemons car, they're oh getting killed in lemons. <laughs> You're right. So the problem is finding one of those that has not already been discovered by somebody to be beat on, that is the problem. But, of course, if you could find a good E30 or you could find a good Datsun 240, chase that rabbit trail. But I think those are going to become kind of, you know, needle in a haystack car. Sure, sure. Well, Bill, I went searching, and um, our friends, at, our friends at the Sports Car Club of America, claim that the 1965 Lotus Elan is the greatest autocross car of all time. <laughs> but there's only oh, three no. left, so oh, that's no. out. <laughs> so therefore, well, that, but, I went. But now, I went to my but now list. it means Miata. Huh? But now it means Miata. The, if you're going to talk about the Elan, then you just get a Miata, and there's nothing wrong. Look, Miata of there, any there, this year, is where really, the, any generation. This is where the joke comes out. Would it work for what you're talking about? Yes, of course it would. I, I, there, there's no reason not to. I actually think if you're going to get a Miata, get an NA. Get a first mm-hmm. jet. The very first, yeah. Go super light. Play with that car. If you're going to go Miata, I would say go backwards. Go way back. But I think that is the obvious answer. I've got some other answers than that. I think for just about any of these cars, the answer is to go backwards or earlier in years because they're going to be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might not mm-hmm. be super reliable, but that'll give you, you know, as we're talking about that learning or just the ability it's to not wrench necessarily on an them. issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not mm-hmm. not a, a bad thing. I thought of the C5 or C6 Corvette because, Bill, you mentioned you possibly really? might want to tune some things in here. If you shopped around, you might be able to find something cheap, and it's a it's a V8 Corvette Chevy engine. I mean, that thing's going to yeah. run forever, and you can find plenty of parts for it easily. You can tune them easily. You can do all kinds of stuff to that car from a handling standpoint. Those cars have been autocrossed ad nauseum, so that might be yeah. an interesting choice for the whole family. And Speaking in terms of, you know. It feels big to me, though. It feels big to me for autocross. Certainly. If it was traditional track stuff, maybe, or canyons, but autocross, I feel like that's a bit unwieldy. 
but it, but it's a lot of fun power and, and would be easy to work well, on. Well, anything there, in there, that okay, range, a like a Mustang there, or a Corvette or a Camaro yeah, yeah. or anything, people autocross them all the time. And they do. They're, they're they do. A bigger I want car. to get something smaller and lighter for these. Oh, folks, I, I agree. Keep going. I, I just thought, you know, putting that out there yeah, because yeah. he's, you know, he seemed to be kind of Chevy guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. I just yeah. thought that might. Yeah. Car history there. suggests that. You're right. Um, You're right. So I cannot let any more time go by without mentioning the Honda S2K, the S2000 in either AP1 or AP2, mm-hmm. even the early version that might be actually fun to get more of the raw car. And well, interesting. That could be my, totally my crazy. Two, my two top recommendations, that's one of them, is it, but specifically the AP1. So that's yeah. the 99 to 03. They're going to be cheaper. They're going to be closer to the 10, uh, 10 to and 12. And high mileage, range. but who cares? Exactly. Who cares? They're going to be they're going to be a little more tail happy, but I think that only teaches car control better. They're going to run well. You can find parts for them. Uh, depending upon now, if you were to do track days, you might have to get a roll bar depending upon the track. For sure, autocross, I doubt might. that'll be an issue. People autocross those cars. I will say this: if you're talking about car control, you will not find a better gearbox to play with than that one. Oh yeah, it's, it'll be fantastic Agreed. in that regard. I have seen guys in S two thousands. Wipe the field away with an S2000. Uh, anybody that shows up all across, they got the best time of the day. Those S2000s can be great for that. I would say AP1, save yourself money, yeah. get the little bit rawer feel. I think that's a great recommendation. You know, here's the thing, Bill, and that is uh, when you're autocrossing, it's not necessarily power that wins the day. So I, I would say you don't have to gravitate towards either no. upgrading power on anything or think of it in terms of I've got to get uh, – because that was part of the email here. Should I get something supercharged or turboed or something like that? That's not necessarily part of the equation. And that Honda S2000 mm-hmm. fits the bill so nicely because it's naturally yeah. aspirated. It still does have a good amount of power, especially when you ring you it out. Revs up. Yeah. It's just yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But I would say power does not always win the day. That is not the biggest criteria for selecting an autocross car. It has to be you know, as we're talking about something light, the chassis, the gearbox, a lot of it has to come down to the just enjoyability of the car. Mm-hmm. So I've also mm-hmm. got uh, the Porsche 944. That sort of reminds me of a hardtop S2000. Dang you. <laughs> Dang you. Is that you. your other you, one you, on there? You've you basically <laughs> done my list. Okay. Well, I mean, there's there's yeah. not a huge list in terms of, you know, the standouts in terms of autocrossing. I've got mm-hmm. a few others on here, mm-hmm. like a Mini Cooper. I even put the Nissan 300ZX. Because you had one, and I thought you could speak to that yeah. a little bit more in terms of if he had a manual transmission. Yes, it's a little bit bigger car, but it's not as big as a Mustang. It's not a Camaro or Corvette. Yeah. You could yeah, do yeah. some wrenching on that, and a, a lot it's, of them are cheap. They're beat down. They're, and well, they're that's cheap. the thing. You can you can get them very cheap. I, they are they are interesting to work on. I did a lot of wrenching on mine over the years. Yeah. Interesting to work on. They are hard to work on. You open the hood of a 300ZX, well, and it's Japanese. a whole other hood. It's just it's just another hood of engine. Yeah. It, it, so, I mean, it, it is a challenge, but, hey, maybe your 14-year-old son with the small hands will be fine. I don't know. <laughs> but but the thing is, that 300ZX, is it's on the bigger side compared to the S2000s of the world as far as autocross. It is on the bigger side. But, yes, you can get them cheap. They are interesting to look at. They are fun to drive. They are, yeah, a little more understeery than some of the other things we've talked mm, about. But sure. it could be interesting. I actually love the 944 for this equation because you can get them cheap. You can. I mean, you're going to have to put some money towards them for maintenance. They absolutely will require maintenance. Yeah. There's no question they'll require maintenance. But because part of of this equation is is learned that, 
I feel like, well, if that's not a not a, a problem, then let's just embrace the 944 with those quirks. And when it's running, the balance and the car control that'll be taught will be fantastic. Oh yeah, you can find them for ten grand. We found them for like oh, yeah. eight. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just thought, what if that's almost a throwaway car mm-hmm. at that point? I mean, almost, almost, I mean, yeah. almost. But yeah, the 944 has been around for a long time and has been discovered by many generations of drivers, and it's still used and used winningly for a lot of autocross and SCCA racing. That car, just the the dynamics of the car, the way the balance is set up, it is near perfect weight distribution, near 50-50. It's still one of the best of all time. And so therefore, there's plenty of parts, there's plenty of options. I I think the 944 can be fantastic. And the 944 is old enough that it's a car you can work on. It's not sure. like they've done anything fancy going on there. You could just dig in and, and figure out what the problem is and solve it's it. I think that spark could be really plugs, it's distributor, it's car. electronic fuel. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty I, I straightforward. Think it's a straightforward thought. Yeah. Hopefully, we've helped you, Bill. I, I think <laughs> we're we're beating on that a little bit now. But uh, for the family track car, how cool is this? That's a cool. I well, Bill, write in and l- let us know what you decide because we are very curious on this one. And uh, yeah, if you are listening and you've got your own car debate and your own questions, write to us at everydaydrivertv at Mm -hmm. gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our videos. Uh, We are actually shooting coming up. We've got another shoot coming up. And um, yeah, multiple. We're we're actually planning out our whole year. We've got some big stuff on the calendar. If we can pull off what we're talking about, will be a quite insane it'll be year. Exhausted We've got some at the big end of the year. coming up. <laughs> yeah. It'll be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Well, actually, but I want to I want to speak real quick. I want to tease the fact that we do have a Panamera discussion coming up yep. on on camera that is along these hey, look what you can get for for surprising money discussion. That's coming up. We do have we are going to get a Golf R on camera this year. We're excited about that. Oh yeah. We've got a lot of interesting things coming. We've got a lot of things we're discussing. Uh, it's going to be quite a year. Hey guys, check out our two films. That is uh, they're actually selling really well on uh, Blu-ray, mm-hmm. also yeah, on, Vimeo on, Dema- on Vimeo On Demand. That is our mid-engines and mountains. We drove the Alpha Romeo 4C, Alpha's return to the U.S., mm-hmm. and 50 years of the 911. That still is really, really popular, and uh, a lot of, I, I think, just general car enthusiasts are really liking that one. And uh, So get yeah, your definitely. copy. And please if, you're watching, order. if you're watching these films, either Blu-ray, if you've got it through Amazon, or you're watching on Vimeo On Demand, do us a favor and leave a rating there. We want to know oh, what yeah. your thoughts are on the film, and we want others to see your thoughts. And speaking of rating, yes, you're listening to the podcast. Have you rated the podcast? Please do. We were back in the top ten just this week. Please be rating yeah, this podcast. thank you for that. Others. That's huge. You guys rating it are what are what put it up in the top ten, and also what helping other people find it. It's growing well, but that's entirely due to you guys. So thank you for sharing, and please keep doing that. Yep, absolutely. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, and we'll talk to you soon.